0: Prisoner. A man was once sent to prison for life for something which he had not done. And when he had behaved in an exemplary way for some months, his jailers began to regard him as a model prisoner. He was allowed to make his cell a little more comfortable, and his wife sent him a prayer carpet, which she had herself woven. When several months had passed, this man said to his guards, I am a metal worker, and you are badly paid. If you can get me a few tools and some pieces of tin, I will make some small decorative objects, which you can take to the market and sell. We could split the proceeds to the advantage of both parties. The guards agreed, and presently the smith was producing finely wrought objects whose sale added to everyone's well-being. Then, one day, when the jailers went to the cell, the man had gone. They concluded that he must have been a magician. After many years, when the error of the sentence had been discovered, and the man was pardoned and out of hiding, the king of that country called him and asked him how he had escaped. The tinsmith said, Real escape is possible only with the correct concurrence of factors. My wife found the locksmith who had made the lock on the door of my cell and other locks throughout the prison. She embroidered the interior designs of the locks in the rug, which she sent me, on the spot where the head is prostrated in prayer. She relied upon me to register this design and to realize that it was the wards of the locks. It was necessary for me to get materials with which to make the keys and to be able to hammer and work metal in my cell. I had to enlist the greed and need of the guards so that there would be no suspicion. That is the story of my escape.
1: I feel like potentially the guards are the nafs. You could almost use the nafs against themselves to get by in terms of procrastinating the procrastination. For
0: example, I'd say I I'd say the guards' neph's are theirs, but he had enough of a ability to observe mm. what the situation was and then come to a uh, a strategy. But uh, your idea about about the prison as being nefs yes, mm. that that's generally the situation. We find ourselves in the prison of our neph's. How are you going to get out?
2: I see it, this particular one slightly differently, which is that he is actually free, though he he's on the outside, he's in prison. He's already free because he can see the truth and he can see what needs to be done and he can see how to use what's around him to achieve it. In a way, he's showing how much he's already... Conquered his nafs by being able to do that So for him a prison is not a prison It's just Something to work through I suppose It's just a situation To yeah to just move Through because Everything that he needed The wife sending in The blueprint it's almost a bit like Like you were saying Yafia Like a sign but also kind of like The, the nourishment that's always Being sent to you if you're able to recognize it and then he took that and was like okay so these guys how do they work he sees how they work when they work on on greed so he kind of moves through the situation if he if he was stuck in his own naps he would be you know upset about being wrongly accused he would probably act out against The guards in the system, because he would see that as the oppression and he would probably land himself in further trouble. But being someone who was already free, he was able to control his own behavior, take what was offered, find, you know, um, manipulate what he needed to manipulate and then move through it to the, the next phase. It's interesting because normally in a good story, the main character needs to learn something, right? But it's almost like he was teaching everybody. It's it's almost like he's transforming around him. He he was already he didn't need to change.
0: But he needed a strategy to get out.
2: Yeah, but there's not there's nothing in the story talking about how he's you know wailing about it. And, yeah, and upset about being in jail. I mean, maybe that was true, but it's not mentioned.
0: So there may be a um a thing to talk about here. And that is the idea of freedom. Was he already free when he went to the jail? Uh, I hear that that's kind of what you were saying, Moi. Yeah. Very. You know. Let's take a look at that. What is freedom? What does that mean to you? How do you know when you have it? How do you know when you
1: don't? Well, what's coming up for me is freedom has something to do with integrity. Like, um, if your words and your actions line up, then you know that what you're doing is, uh, I guess, in in good faith, pretty much. So, like, you're free from the idea of, oh, you know, what if what I'm doing is wrong? But it seems like in the story, he he wasn't, like, afflicted by that. Like, he knew that he was wrongly accused. So he knew that it was a mistake for him to be in jail and he didn't see it as like, why is this happening to me sort of thing. But that's, what's coming up for me.
2: Some being free is being free um, to me. It's like when the article is able to make choices without being dictated to by the Nafs. So there's uh, self-control because that's the only thing you can control to me when i feel not free it's when i am don't feel like i'm in charge of myself
0: okay well that's a good that's a good place to start we have integrity the idea that that you are a whole person a whole being that's able to bring yourself into the situation and also to be able to make choices and to be able to follow up on those choices is that right yeah, yeah. Within what's possible. Okay. Yafia, what are your thoughts on freedom?
3: I was just thinking it's when we are completely surrendered, when we are aware of our non-existence, that everything comes from Allah. That was what just came to my mind, but also to what Mukhi was saying about the Atman, that for me, it is listening to the heart and not thinking it can do everything itself, but listening to the inner heart.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Zay, when we say akul we're referring to um, intelligence, the, the ability to discriminate.
3: Yes.
2: I like what you're saying, Yafir, because it's like, yes, the akul is free to make the choice, but then if it's really free, and it's really thinking things properly, it'll choose that. <laughs> yes. True
3: servanthood is freedom.
0: This is the, one of the things that I, I think is one of the big teachings that Joseph gives us, because he was falsely accused, put into jail for 12 years. He did have a lot to learn and a lot to grow and a lot to give to others as well. So there was a um, a distilling for him of of understanding what freedom is, that you can be free within the jail and, and be doing Allah's work. It reminds me of what um, Sheikh Tanner told about Alibaba, who uh, the story goes like, I don't know if it's in the What About My Wood book, but-
3: uh, Yes, yes
0: it is. Yeah, okay the the ticket to the train where he goes to a small village and goes to the to the jail they put him in jail and he's talking the sufi message and everybody's going oh yeah well, good can we do zikr let's let's do that and getting in trouble with the police saying you're not going to jail anymore we can't put you
2: in for business
0: yes yeah all right so the idea of within this is his observation the the man who is falsely accused he is awake he's learning he's seeing things as they really are he's saying hakika and he's saying as you say yafi the signs that of like how to deal with this so this brings us to one of allah's names ashahid now, Ash-Shahid is the witness. So, I'll just read a little bit and we'll talk about it. But it is to be a witness. Allah is the one who witnesses all that happens everywhere at all times. Allah is close to all things, whether we think of them as near or far. He pays attention to all events, whether we see them as large or small. He knows everything through his attribute al-alim. He is aware of the secrets and inner aspects of everything through his attribute al-kabir. He is a witness to everything that appears, whether there are other witnesses to it or not. Through his attribute as-shahid. On the final day of judgment, he will reveal himself as the witness to every action of every human being. Ibn Masud had gone with some of the other companions for a stroll into the country near Medina when they saw a child shepherding a flock. They invited him to share their meal. The boy declined, saying that he was fasting. This excessive devotion amazed the companions as it was not the month of Ramadan partly as a pleasantry and partly as a test, they asked the boy to sell them a sheep, and promised him half of its meat as a gift. The boy said that the sheep were not his, and he did not have the right to sell them. Then with the intention of testing him, they said, My son, who will know? You can always say that you lost a sheep. At that, the boy screamed, I ain't Allah, where is Allah, and ran away. As a reward, Ibn Masud bought the whole herd from its owner and donated it to the young shepherd who thus profited immediately in the world for his awareness of Ash-Shahid. Ibn Masud, when he met the young man from time to time in Medina, would tease him by asking, where is Allah? So, the idea of witnessing is I find a way of dealing effectively with NEFS, when you recognize that you are involved in some kind of NEFS process, like uh, judging people, or lying, or prevaricating, or you know, procrastinating, something that, that you find you'd like to change. To me, the first thing that we do, or can do, is witness the nefs in action, what I call uh, spying on the enemy, or actually that's Lao Tzu in The Art of War. The idea of spying on the enemy here is observing without action, or reaction, the nefs in process. So you're laying low and you're watching this nefs do something and you're witnessing it. And at a certain point, you know, when you come to that specific NIFS and you want to say, you know, I'd like this to go away, the spying of it, the witnessing of it, I find for me that it's so horrifying and so embarrassing and so ugly in me that I am now motivated and I have the intention all set to go to fight that NIFS it invigorates me because I'm so desperate to get rid of it. So in that way, the witnessing of NEFS helps, I find, me to to want to do something about it. So to me, that's, that's the first step. First, you go, Oh my God, I'm doing it again. Why am I doing this again? And you look at it and you go, Oh, and then you begin to strategize how to deal with it appropriately. But the first thing is to see it as it really is. So what do you think about that?
1: I
2: agree, Sheikh, although my experience is that if you're not ready to visit, uh, mm, there are veils on, in front of some of the nafs that you can attempt to be witnessing but to really understand you sometimes need to be you need to be in a different place um to be able to understand it you need to get past a certain if you're looking at just the behavior is what i'm saying the behavior can't always change just by looking at the behavior sometimes other internal stuff needs to transform and then it's like the behaviour seems to magically, for some things. Okay, does that make sense?
0: Uh, some of it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think for um for me, shake when when you talk about that um what I'm experiencing about nafs, my own nafs um recently is is to be to understand myself more and what I'm what I mean or to know myself and what I mean by that I think in the past when I've had I've been seeing or been a witness to a nafs and I've had the same reaction that I you know I really want to get rid of it I have the tendency of my will to kick in and say like you know I will defeat you (laughs) but that necessarily what I'm finding is that that necessarily doesn't work and it's where what you described in terms of, um, I like that, um, about sort of witnessing and just taking time and seeing it from all angles before going in there and cutting it away or, or tackling it. So it yes, yeah, so I come back to, yeah, I think uh, for me, it's like understanding myself saying, okay, rather than being reactive and and going and, and fighting against the, the nafs um, just takes some time in being and witnessing. Hmm.
0: I think it's important to understand that the nafs, uh, we uh, approach the nafs as they appear, and they will come, and it, this is part of learning yourself, how about yourself, that when the time is ripe, the NEFS will appear that is you're ready to deal with and to trust yourself that that will happen and not only that but you, you can't you can't attack a nefs if you're not ready to do that which sometimes requires kind of building up a momentum by dealing with simpler uh, nefs so that you you're learning how you work. You learn how you deal with it. You're also g- gaining energy from defeating these other ones. At, because all nefs are energy suckers. They just take your energy and they run with it. And what? And, and it's very often why we get tired. Especially if we're dealing with um, people and feelings. Not like in family. No, no, no. I mean, like, you know, like with People. So the idea that when you're dealing with this, it it will there will be a readiness in you to know, okay, now it's time to deal with being sarcastic or being, you know, letting my anger control me, or becoming um, withdrawn, or not wanting to be seen, or feeling like a victim, or I won't list them all, but there's a few to take a look at. Trusting your own, ability to deal with the nefs as they come up. And you're not alone. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but everybody has nefs. You you may not have known that. It's not just you. So learning that you have brothers and sisters here who are on the same path as you. They don't have necessarily have the same nefs, but they're trying to deal with things in the same way. In the sense of, we all are working on this. We all can't do it by ourselves, and that you can call on other people to help you, whether it's a partner or whether it's you know me or any anybody in the Tarika. We understand. We're kind of like, uh, you know, you're, this is the support group, and Neffs. Very often I feel it's kind of like drilling for oil, you know, we're going through various layers and it's just kind of like, okay, we've come down to, you know, this strata here. Now on this strata, we've got some things to deal with and we can't deal with them until we have had enough experience and gotten through that other layer that the substrata to get to this one. So now that we're here, we can work on this one, but you can't jump. Around, and you can't pick and choose because what happens is usually the lesson that you need is right in front of your face. This one, you can't. And you go, uh, no, no. I would rather, I would rather deal with uh, overeating, or too much money. I, I think I have a problem with too much money. Yeah, I'd like to know what that's like. Uh, please, sir. Uh, You're
2: not not ready for that one?
0: No. None of us are.
2: (laughs) I think that one's a lot harder than people think it is.
3: I'm happy to help anyone who's got too much money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As as am I.
0: (laughs) We're here to help each other, and, and don't worry that, you know, nobody feels the same way because we all do. We're all, you know, kind of... Uh, having to deal with different problems at different times. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's very personal. Sometimes it's a traumatic experience from way back. So part of your strategy, after you've witnessed whatever the problem is, then you talk with the experts, as it were. In Lao Tzu, in the art of war, it would be conferring with the generals. So you talk with people who are successful who have done well in overcoming this, or also looking at failures, (laughs) because there's a lot to learn from people who did not get over this. And you can learn from them and go, yeah, I don't want to be like that. Thank you very much. You're a good example of what that looks like if it's not taken care of. Christian? yeah.
2: So, um, say you were looking at one, like uh, something like anger. Is the This is a very general sort of question. Like is the goal to never get angry? Because that seems um, unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I guess um, more recently there's been an awareness of when one is angry, it flows through and, and you, you, you notice you got angry. There might have been a bit of reaction or a bit of, you know, regretful words or something, but it wasn't either repressed or out of control, which feels better, you know, like it's not pushed down and it's not out of control. It's just there and it comes and it goes and you manage as best you can to the collateral damage, (laughs) you know. I guess, is the idea though that, oh, I guess what I'm saying is, is the NAFS the impulse to anger or is the NAFS what one does when one is angry?
0: Okay, I'm going to. That's, that's what uh, I'm confused is, about at the moment. I'm going to approach it a little differently. Huh. Uh, first, uh, it's hard to imagine not getting angry at some point because we are human beings and. Life can be very frustrating and feel unfair, and stuff happens. What we need to do, as we have to do in any kind of the NEFS, is develop a strategy of dealing with it when it comes up. If you have not thought about it ahead of time, you will be subsumed by it, and you will fail. So, the trick, as in any NEFS, is uh, is in that consulting of the generals, that's when you develop a strategy from that strategy, you also figure out then, okay, what do I need to do to move this out of the way? Because this is going to take time, it's going to take effort, and it's going to take... A sense of humor. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) In that case, for anger, you have to understand that it's, you know, and, and our prophet talks about this a lot, it, it was very important to him. And he had to deal with it himself as well. So what he said, basically, the strategy is, don't act on the anger. So the next, the, the alternative to that is breathe. If you can breathe what you're going to do is oxygenate the blood, which will burn out the hormones, whether it's adrenaline or cortisone or whatever it is, and you will be back to sanity in about three minutes, maybe longer, depending. just a second, just depending on the situation. Sometimes it is so severe that it's going to take days. We say, or the prophet, peace and blessing upon says, Three days is maximum, both for grief and for anger. And by the third day, you need to find a way through it, if, if you're that angry. I've been there. <laughs> um, yes, and it's, sometimes it takes even longer than that. So the strategy, when you're in the middle of anger, is to stop don't do anything don't say anything go away go to go for a walk go outside take a shower you know whatever you need to do to to stop and and re like I say reoxygenate the blood because basically anything you say or do in that state is going to screw you There is no good. There's no good outcome.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, go ahead. So the anger itself is not in um, necessarily. It's not necessarily a bad or a good thing. It's just an animal reaction, right? And you know, but what's okay for animals doesn't work for people, because then we have regret. And we don't enjoy the harm that comes from it. So when we get hijacked by that, we need to just not let it.
0: You can watch it. Once again, you can observe it. And you go, Mm. oh, look, this person's angry. What should Mm. I do? And if, like I say, if you don't have a strategy ahead of that, you just fall into it. The idea is to have a strategy. What do I do? when i'm angry what's the best thing i can do now you may need to experiment to find out what works best for you all i know for me is shut up don't do anything because if you do you're going to regret it but that ha- i had to do that enough <laughs> enough times to learn about regret and to know that there was no No jolly outcome.
2: And there are situations in which that's more and less difficult, of course, right? Like, so uh, if you're in a high pressure kind of environment or situation or job or where there's, you know, there isn't an escape or there isn't that um, time off or ability to walk away, that can, you know, make it. In that situation, it's harder, obviously, than if you're, you know, walking alone in a forest and you start feeling angry and you went, you think, oh, well, I'll just, yes. and just rock it and wait till it goes. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Um, like so, you
2: have to do CPR on someone in the next five minutes. You can't do that, you know.
0: Yeah. So once again, it's about strategy. If I'm in this kind of situation, what do I do? Yeah. If I have more than 10 minutes to, re, you know, reclaim my life, what can I do? If I've only got five minutes, or no time, what do I do? You develop a strategy. Now, sometimes it's creating uh, one, one way to do this is having a momentum or what we've talked about before about banking, like through meditation, uh, where you have a place or time that you actually do meditate, or you do your zikr, or you have a zikr, that you know is good, that you reserve for that moment. You know, I'm angry. Oh, what do I do? Yasabur, right? Yasabur, Yasabur, and you maybe rub your hands a little bit, ground yourself, and and maybe you need to write that out too, because it, it you don't remember that at the moment. At the moment, you just go, and and your head explodes. So, um, having something. Set up. Maybe you have a, you know, something furry in the desk <laughs> you can rub. Oh, yeah. you know, or some, you know, you develop your own helpers. Uh, maybe when well, we talked also about our first aid kit, maybe you could you have a first aid kit for anger. You know, where you've got a, you've got a, what is it called a dummy? You know, something to suck on, a lollipop or something. You know, whatever you, you need that helps you. Don't have expectations about what other people do, except maybe to experiment with them to try them out. All I know is that at moments of extreme anger, all I had was my breath. I can still recall this one moment that I had to turn my keys in to my full-time job. They had security there. I'm sitting at my desk and they say, empty your desk. You're done here. And I was so angry. I could have said so, I could have done, you know. (laughs) But I did, it was kind of like, I also could see Allah in that going, yeah, you're done here, you can, it's okay to move on. And I'm going, yeah, but I'm angry. And Allah's going, dude. And move on. <laughs> it's you're done here. It's done. It's okay.
2: So, what's the difference there between witnessing anger and not and choosing not to act on it versus uh, repressing anger that will then come out at a later time?
0: Ah, uh, this is, this is again you learning about you. Yes, yeah, of course you could sublimate it and know that it will pop up somewhere else and poison something. So that's you knowing you. And, you know, talk therapy is a good place to find that out. Uh, I, I didn't, oh, wow, you bringing back memories. Oh, man. I had PTSD and I didn't know it.
2: Sorry. right. I'm sorry. Sorry? I said, "I'm sorry."
0: Oh, okay. From being in the navy, I it was it was such a uh, a traumatic event for me. I didn't even know it until I found myself hitting my wife when I was asleep. And and I, I was so angry, and it, it was but it had gotten into my you know my body, and I didn't even know it. And it was going, and she's waking me. A, stop! Stop! You're hurting me. And I'm going. Oh my god. I better. So, yeah, it can come out at different times. And this is about you learning what triggers these things. And what, because in, in that sense, there's a lie going on. That I'm okay is not true. You're not okay. Human beings are really interesting because we really can't hide Stuff like that, so it comes out in these other ways, and and you either take it and go, ah, time to do something about this, because I, you know, that's horrible. That's a horrible way to live, or, you know, don't do something about it, and it's just going to get worse. It's kind of like any kind of uh, disease. So, so the Shay- sorry, go ahead, Yafia.
3: So Shay, I, w- I was I was thinking that. If we are able to be a witness, a shaheed, then that emotion, that naft as it comes up, can we also see that as a sign? Uh Aha, here is something more that I need to look at.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because, see, what's happening is you're changing perspective. hmm. Instead of being inside it, the idea of the witness is you're backing off a little bit so you can see it in reference to other people, other things, other situations, and to see is this healthy. So you you develop your strategies, and you go, okay, here's here's a strategy for if I have a short time to get my head back together. Deep breaths, three minutes, you, you, you can just say, look, I'm... I need a few minutes to pull myself together here. Or you know, you go off and you go on a vacation. <laughs> or you get you get uh, a special therapy, or you, you work with somebody about a zikr or a hypnotherapy, or you find the, the thing that works for you. In other words, there's all these different tools and modalities to help us. Your job is to figure out which one will do the best, best, most efficient way so that I don't have to carry this around anymore.
1: Let
3: it go, let it go.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. What was that? That was an apparition.
2: (laughs) You conjured her by singing Let It Go.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, uh, so thoughts, comments, questions?
4: Well, I was just gonna comment, just listening to um, yeah, Millie, and you fear that I, I recall, um, I'm still going through it, but certain times uh, with anger and, and different emotions processing that I come across one of Rumi's poems, well known poems called The Guest House, and um, it talks about. Anger and resentment and all the different emotions that we experience as a human being.
0: The guesthouse. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from Beyond Rumi.
4: Give us, um, but yeah, I just, just wanted to offer that or whatever that's useful. The guest house from Rumi. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, you can always ask Allah for help. Allah mm. is our helper. And He's not trying to do this out of anger or mischief, it's out of love. And we're learning this to, through love so that we can, we can let go of things as they come up. And one of the definitions I've gotten about Sufism is it's learning how to say goodbye gracefully. And that we learn how to do this better and better as we go through life, so that when the time comes, we can say, Ya Allah, thank you, La -la ilaha illallah, and move on. As gracefully as possible. None of this is permanent. It's it's a merry-go-round ride, and then you have to get off. So... Learning how to get off the horse easily instead of <laughs> falling and hitting your head is a lot better than any other way that I know of. So learning how to witness means that you, you create a perspective enough to move, uh, to move out of the subjective world into an objective uh, view of things. And you, this, it's not always something you can do. It kind of happens through experiences. However, in this idea of the experiences and of fighting the nest, if there's a specific nest that you really want to get a hold of and throttle it and get make it die is to make that intention. and that's when, going back to what I was saying earlier about what is really going on? What is the truth in this situation? What do you see, and what is the lesson that you think you need to be working on? The other part of that is, back to Lao Tzu, one army, one war at a time. A number of people come up to me and say, I want to get rid of all my niffs. And uh, I laugh for a while and then go, let's try to do this one at a time, okay? So, it's one at a time, because you're gathering energy, you're gathering uh, more soldiers, you're gathering more of a larger army to deal with the more difficult ones as you go along, because it gets more subtle as the deeper you go in.
1: Well, when we were talking about anger, the witnessing and then not saying anything and just stepping back, does that work? Can that work with other emotions, too, that's not just anger? Or- well, I think you have to understand the purpose of it.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a tool that you can use to help you get a, a handle on what's really going on here. For me, for example, with family stuff, you know, there was a whole script, a whole play that was being acted out in every family scene. You say this, I say that, and then we get this, and this happens here, and then you go off and, you know, slam the doors, (laughs) you know, there's a whole scene, it's a a play. And then uh, after a while it goes, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this, I, you know, I didn't even audition. So... Why do I want to do this stopping and not being involved in the thing, just stepping back, going into the audience, going. Okay, do that scene again, but I'm not a part of it. I I want to see how this works, but what it does is it allows you to see in a, it's like changing your uh, perspective is if you're in the, in a forest and you get up on a hill and then a mountain, you can see things from a different angle. And seeing these things from different angles, gives you insight into the into what nef's are being exploited, or exposed. So yes, it it works in a lot of different ways. But the thing is, it's, it's not something you should do all the time. It's something as a tool to establish um, uh, some kind of base for like, what's really going on here? Like, The prisoner who was falsely accused, and he could see that his wife was giving him how the lock worked. But that took time. I mean, we don't know how many days it took him to recognize the blueprint. So that's what you're looking for is the blueprint. What's really going on here? What is the truth? What is the hock? What's the hockey car here? What's the reality? Who's doing what and why? oh, I see, this person never has had attention as much as they needed. This person is missing love. This person is scared of putting herself out there. You know, just you you just gather information. It's data. And it's not judging people. It's just like, what is the reality? But you can't do that if you're in the scene.
1: Thank you, Jake. Um, I can kind of understand it better.
0: Uh, I think it's important, though, for everybody to figure out what kind of personality or what you've gathered through your experiences up to this point. For example, I was very externally oriented for most of my life. Why? Because I was being bred as a concert pianist. And so all of my identity was with other people whether I got applause or not, whether I did well or not, whether I was praised or failed, it was it was either it was either up or down. And I I was depending on other people for telling me who I was. And that doesn't work. (laughs) That never works. Uh, And and that went into my relationships as well. In other words, I, I was kind of selling, myself to be appealing to the other person rather than being myself. And that didn't end up well either. So the idea of figuring out am I an introvert, an extrovert, do I am I on the autistic spectrum? Am I am I, you know, where's my screw-ups? You know, do I look at do I'm looking at other people more then testing and looking at my own inner uh, feelings and emotional states. Uh, What am I learning? What am I learning today? I love you all. I am so happy for you to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Iakana Bodua, Iakana Stain, Izana Sarata Mustakim, Sarata Ladzin and Amta Lehim, Raira Makdubi Lehim, Walla Darlin. Amen. Yahoo, Yahoo. Thank you, Sheikh. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Skies, thank you. you. Thanks, guys. Well, Thanks, everybody. Everybody.
4: Thank you. Have thank you. Love you too.
1: Bye. Hey.
0: Salam alaikum. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye. Salam alaikum, Marils, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobet, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi
1: Order.